Hello, everyone. Hello. My name is Matt Armando. And I'm Emily Riggins. And you're listening to TBD. With Matt and Emily. Hi, everyone. Welcome Hi. back. Welcome back to the pod. It's episode 90. It's wild. Welcome. Oh, my God. That's 10 away from 100. <laughs> Divisible by uh, 10 and by 9 and by 45. <laughs> and 3. And 2. Um. Uh, f- 15. <laughs> um... Five. Did we say five already? I don't think we said five, <laughs> but it is five. Uh, it's divisible by 90 and by one. That's true. So it's definitely not a prime number. Um, and that's been the math portion of this episode. It's been a few months since we had a math portion of an episode. Thank God we brought it back. That Everyone wanted to hear that. Matt, what is this podcast? Okay. This podcast, it, uh, it comes out every week, once a week, every Thursday. For 90 weeks. For for 90 straight weeks. One time we had it come out on a Wednesday, and one time we had it come out on a Friday, but every other time it's come out on a Thursday. <laughs> one time we tried avoiding Thanksgiving, though we're not doing that this year. Check out our episode on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> and then we also avoided the 4th of July, which I think was a Thursday. Matt, mm-hmm. you're not telling the listeners what this podcast is I about. <laughs> I'm getting back on. I'm talking schedules, calendars. <laughs> Every Thursday it comes out. Um, it is. It's about. It's, it's the podcast about tea and friendship. So, what we're going to do is we're going to drink some tea, and we're going to have a friend who's going to be here shortly. He's here right now, but he's being quiet. Uh, <laughs> And uh, he's he's like, oh, am I allowed to even laugh in the background of this? <laughs> but I can cough. I know that. <laughs> um, and then uh, that that guest is going to, that friend of ours is going to have a topic that Emily and I don't know about. It's to be determined as far as we're concerned. I'm sure our guest has already determined it, but um, we're, we, it's to be determined for us what we're going to be talking about. And that's where our name comes from. You see, we, we took T... And we took the acronym for to be determined and we mashed them together into TBD spelled T-E-A-B-D. Uh, and that's the most perfect explanation I can think of. <laughs> Did I do good? That was beautiful. Did I forget anything? Um, I don't think so. Comes out every Thursday. <laughs> Except for two Thursdays. Except for two different Thursdays. But don't worry about those. Those have already happened. <laughs> and we're not probably not going to do that to you again. <laughs> Dear listener. Um, yeah, I'm going to bring the guest on now. Yeah, let's do it right away. So this is about friendship and we have a podcast friend, friend, improviser, comedian, Jacob Williams. Hi, Matt. Hi, Emily. Hello. Hi, friends. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Am I a podcast friend or are we like real friends? We're real friends. I think we're real friends. I think we're real friends. That makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. There's different levels of friendship. There's acquaintances. Sure. There's podcast friends. Sure. And then regular friends. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's it. In that middle range of podcast friends are just like people with whom you perform and do shows and make content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we fake it while we're doing it, which is in a way, it's not like fake, fake, but it's, it's not quite friendship level. I I know what you mean. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Letting the cat out of the bag. I think we're we're above that though. I think we are at the the real friends. Yeah. I've known you guys, I think for a while. I don't even think we've, when, when did we all first meet? Matt, I think we were in in an improv practice group. We were. A long time ago. Um, you know, uh, Katie, 
that put together a practice group maybe that we did i think so can we do a thing doing like heralds and herald stuff. thing yeah um and then you two were in a class and then emily was like hey this mm-hmm. is jacob and i was like hey <laughs> that guy i know you <laughs> i know that face and then i one time was like i read your things on uh i read one thing you wrote on mcsweeney's oh <laughs> The one thing I've wrote, that's, there's one thing. Is I've there wrote, one thing you wrote? There's only one. I think I found it. I found it. I, I went on McSweeney's, not looking for you. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> oh, like good. stalking you. And then I read a you thing. Could. I and I was like, who wrote this? And I went, Jacob. Yeah. Jacob. And just got a little thumbnail of your face. Mm-hmm. But I put it together that it was you. And then I told you in real life <laughs> this, this one time. <laughs> this moment. Yeah. I wish uh, I had more on there. I, I've submitted other articles and stuff, but I've gotten um, rejected <laughs> hey, you know. continuously. What is that guy's name? The guy that have you guys ever submitted to McSweeney's? Oh, no, I'm not. I have I have inquired on how to submit. Chris, I guess is the name. He's like he he put out this article a while ago about um, how not to respond to rejection. Mm-hmm. That's very funny. I think it's on vulture or split cider or one of those um oh, i think i might have read that he uh takes he he takes screenshots every time he sends a rejection letter to someone and then they respond with like some obscene um you know res- like, yeah like a few dude or whatever or like something even like longer or worse yeah and then he's like hey don't do this and he just shares so many like horrible responses from people <sighs> Yeah, I feel like when you run, if you run a website like that where anyone can submit, mm-hmm. you don't know what people are going to say. Like, at least, like, I feel like if you've done enough comedy writing or performing or whatever in some sort of comedy community, you're at least a little aware that that's not how to respond. No, yeah, that's uh, crazy. But I guess you, I think there's just that level of anonymity. Like, you don't see his face. Yeah, it's and, all over email. Know, totally, yeah. So it feels fine to just... It's the same thing with uh, being mean to customer support people <laughs> or like service... In, well, not service industry because you see their face. But like over the I phone, don't. I, I blindfold support. myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's easier for me to be cruel to waiters if I just go in blindfolded. <sighs> um, <laughs> it's a real sloppy process. Man, what was the... I don't know, the, I don't know if I've ever swore at somebody over email. <laughs> I was... Um, I've I've definitely been like a little short with people on customer support calls. I guess I'm not proud of it, but it's often with like a bank. It's usually with a like, yeah. the bank. And then <laughs> um oh, one time I was uh I I used to do like reception or like office administrative work. I was mm-hmm. like a temp a couple of years ago at this bank and I used to have to deal with like uh the building management and i remember i I forget i needed some kind of like uh paper to be signed to move a desk somewhere it was was weird and stupid uh but this person emailed me and said hey sorry you can't do xyz because we need you to go through like these arbitrary weird steps and i was annoyed at it so i respond i like replied but i thought i took her off it to a coworker, Mm. and i was like ladies making me do this like stupid unnecessary <laughs> thing but i didn't i i like did the classic thing where you reply all mm-hmm. and she saw it mm-hmm. and then she responded and i felt so embarrassed it's the like the worst feeling in the world yeah no that's tough yeah to be careful with those reply all buttons <sighs> yeah i could there's like two i i guess that's not the same as being mean to someone like on purpose over email <laughs> yeah but i guess i could have like stood my ground and been like no this is stupid and then just got fired yeah 
Um, That's why I was I forward emails. So then I have to type in whatever emails. Like if I want to be like, look smart. at this dumb email, then I forward it. That's so smart. To yeah. write in all the addresses <laughs> I, again. I was not that smart. Um, I'm doing it a lot. So <laughs> I an expert. I don't think I've ever sworn at someone in an email. Uh, I also listen. I understand feeling bad about being short over the phone, but sometimes you got to be short. You You're not being you mean. You just gotta. You just gotta get through the phone call. You gotta be direct. Yeah. yeah. That's there's you know you, you gotta ask for what you want because people will walk all over you. No. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine ever getting a rejection and being like, "Hey, screw you." Yeah. Thank I you for th- your consideration. I hope to hope to be considered for an opportunity in the future. I've thought about it. I mean, yes, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> there's a difference between thinking about it and doing. I've it, thought about all the bridges I would I, burn I if my, I yeah. if I could. Oh my god! As soon as I'm successful. <laughs> Burn all those lower bridges. Burn them, burn them, burn them. Yeah, no, I've sent... I, I, If I get an email back about a rejection from something, I usually do go like... I say I will like email back like, thank you, thank you for the opportunity or something, which honestly sounds really passive aggressive, but I mean it usually. I'm he like, mentions that in the article, the yeah. Chris... Uh, from McSweeney's t- says it's a little bit <laughs> brown nosy, but it's like okay. He, appre- what else are he you appreciates to say yeah. like sure, yeah, or nothing. I'm just yeah, but then you're just having an unread email. <laughs> I prefer to re- I prefer to respond because if, especially if I want that person to remember who I am and remember that I'm a good person. So then if I later try to go through them again, then they're like, oh, this person, I remember this name, right? You know, yeah. Uh, that's usually how I think about it. It's good to be polite. Yeah, you want to be that person. And sometimes I don't respond, but that's usually if I, if depending on how mad I am, because then it'll be like, I'm just not going to respond. And then I, it goes, it go, evaporates from the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, that doesn't happen. I think I try to respond, but you know, sometimes you just don't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> Too hurt. <sighs> I actually really hate sending emails and I feel like I always sound mean in them. And therefore, I do the opposite thing, where I just look at like a deranged person with a bunch of exclamation points. I was just as soon as you said mm. the mean thing, I was like, "That's why we put a million exclamation points in things now." So it's like proof we're excited what we're saying. We're not. Thanks for sending this email! Exclamation point. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing you soon! Exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did use a lot of exclamation points. Um, I think as long as you put a one exclamation point you're okay and i try to balance because i think i do look crazy but then i put a bunch of periods if it's a sentence that i'm like this is completely factual i'm like period Mm -hmm. but if it's like uh, it'll be like thank you for this so thank you so much for this exclamation point this will really be helpful period so now i'm like because i did the exclamation point and then i put the real statement afterwards and it has a period at the end of it i regularly have to go back through my emails and be like i can only use two in this thing let's get rid <laughs> which of, sentence, a bunch yeah. of these. which sentence has to be very dry <laughs> uh, i don't want any excitement in this one <laughs> it's how i think about when i write if i write like podcast the podcast descriptions or if when i post the podcast on facebook i'm like don't put six sentences in a row with all exclamation points. Uh, and I try to do, at a minimum, keep it to every other <laughs> sentence. Share that enthusiasm. T is, <sighs> T is exciting. T is exciting. I've T- entered the realm of sending emails where I'll have two sentences, which is like uh, sort of an acknowledgement. And then like, here's the thing you asked for. Period, period, best, Jacob. And it makes me feel like a boss when I do it. Mm-hmm. It's like a very, like a short, very like, informational email with very little enthusiasm i I think 
younger me would have been very thrown off guard by that but i yeah. remember i i want to wield that power of intimidation when i yeah. send emails to seem important does mm-hmm. that make sense or is I that really stupid yeah no, no it, it makes sense I've, um, I've been employing that lately and it makes me feel powerful you gotta you, you have to get your power from somewhere you know <laughs> i also <laughs> and that's I, about where i like the sign up sign off of best i've been using warmly a lot warmly is wow. nice um but it, sometimes you don't feel warmly. It's just a. It's just a word. Yeah. Is this is this in lieu of writing uh, thanks, or are you writing best or warmly and then thanks? Like, are you writing? Like, how are you putting this in? There? I would if I'm saying thanks, it would go like thank you, sp- warmly space warmly yeah. comma Emily. Okay. Yeah. I tend to end all my emails with just thanks. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Uh, I've played with. Um, uh, dash J instead of Jacob. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played with um, J- like little initial signatures. My one of my old drama teachers used to uh, do like a, a tilde RD and mm-hmm. I and like lowercase, and I always kind of like that. Yeah, I, I do. I do um, four letter M's and then the at symbol. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. I, I've sent multiple emails emails recently that go dash Emily, and I was like. That's crazy. But the problem with thanks as a sign off is that sometimes an email isn't about thanks. It's like, I'm not, it doesn't no, make sense always, to say thanks. No gratitude. I always yeah. have it there. There's, it's not even like the email isn't about gratitude. It's like, it's just like, I'm here's just, some information. I'm thanking them for getting that far in the email. I get that. I get that. Reading's read, hard. You read all the way to my name. Well, I don't know if you read my name, but you got at least to the thanks right before my name. Yeah. Thanks for reading. Thanks. Uh, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> sometimes I say, and sometimes if I write, oh, this is what it is. All my emails end with thanks and then my signature, uh, which has like my links to my like Twitter and stuff in it. Uh, and, I, I love that we're getting so deep into this because yeah. that also is a thing that I'm very conflicted about. But oh, keep going. Sorry. I want people to read my, get on that Twitter, follow yeah. me. <laughs> uh, but if, I, if I'm writing a truly thankful email, I will start off with the word thanks uh, or like, or I'll say like, thank you for doing that, whatever. Then I'll say the rest of my email. And then at my signature, I go, thanks again. <laughs> and then Matt. <laughs> so I'm, if I'm truly thanking you, I will write thanks at least twice in the email. <laughs> An epilogue. Yeah. I, I oscillate between putting my, um, you know, links to social things on my... I, do, I don't have it as a default signature that just mm-hmm. automatically populates there. But if I'm sending something to you know, industry or whatever, then I'll, I'll write that up real quick and hyperlink those bad boys. Yeah. yeah. My Gmail has it automatically in there now. I don't have an, a default signature. I just feel weird about it. I don't know why. Yeah, Even yeah. at work, I don't have it. I've yeah. decided to not be worried about it anymore. But maybe it took me to, to get to this age, so. <laughs> I, still have, I still have five years. Yeah, you got you got some time. I think I, I think I most recent, oh, well, I got on an inst- uh, Twitter kick in July. So I bet you I, may, I did this uh, new signature in July. <laughs> gotcha. Where I was like, let's do Twitter again. Yeah, you revitalized it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm off. I think I'm falling off. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm I'm considering removing it. Just I don't think it's the content that I hmm. am enjoying uh, absorbing right now or putting out into the world. You have to follow the right people. 
Uh, sure. I mean, that's, I guess there's well, no one to blame but me well, if I'm not enjoying it. Well, I've like... Younger I, Jacob is to blame. All I'm here to say is I've un, I unfollowed a lot of people and then I started following a bunch of new people and it's become much more enjoyable. People you know, people that you like just content creators in the, typically, in the world. Typically people I know or exist in the world that I know people in. Who do you seek out? Is it like mostly comedy or, or like other interests? Uh, I try to... Not uh, mostly comedy. Sure, it's mostly for comedy purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, I like people's funny stuff more than their complainy stuff, unless their complaining stuff is also funny. Yeah, it's good. I try to stay away from politics because I not that I am afraid of politics generally, but these politics on Twitter tend to be a bit of a train wreck. Yeah, <laughs> um, and um, I also don't feel. Not that I have like offensive views of politics, but I don't like feel totally free writing about politics on there because people will like yell at you no Jump matter no matter throat. what your opinion is like people yeah. are gonna yell at you um and i don't I'm not, I'm not here to invite that in my life so i'm mostly joking around myself um and i try to keep it as uh unpolitical as possible because sometimes i do go down political twitter and i'm like oh god people yeah. are the worst the scum of the earth is it's down here <laughs> terrible yeah people just have these like very very narrow views it feels like it's supposed to allow for more conversation, but there's nothing really conversational about it. It's just like, here's a thought in a, yeah. in a thing. And then people blast out their responses, which is generally negative or yeah. positive, And then it's just sort of over. I like the conversational aspect, but I do feel like it's been ruined over time. Uh, the term reply boys, for instance, or like people that just like are... <laughs> reply guys. Bad, yeah. Rep- yeah. Uh, people that are just bad bad at the conversation part of it and like it's ruined it for a lot of people so then i think a lot of people are turned off from it i do reply to people's tweets because i if i find it if i'm interested in responding but i'm also never i'm i'm a nice responder <laughs> i'm never like you stupid idiot yeah i don't think uh no nope, i've probably done that <laughs> um I don't know. That's if all I, my tweets. That's actually. You're just adding people all day. Yeah. Hey, you yeah. stupid idiot. You stupid idiot. Yo, this. You're stupid. <laughs> I say I probably have like a ten to one ratio of tweets I like versus tweets I like and respond to. So I'm liking a lot more than I'm responding to. Probably it's probably even more than that, like twenty to one. I need to like feel. I either want to have like a joke tag, like if they wrote something and I like, oh, and this other funny thing, I'll mm-hmm. maybe I'll add that. Um. Or, yeah, but I try to keep it at a minimum. I'm not, I'm liking more stuff, I'm being more supportive, and I'm not judging. Anyways, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> All that being said, <sighs> Emily and I, we're making co- eye contact. Does that mean it's time to move on it to does mean the next segment? To... Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, We're going to move on to Tea Talk now, so give me one second. <laughs> tea Talk, Tea Talk, Tea Talk, Tea Talk. We're talking tea today. That was lovely. Thank you. <laughs> People love Emily singing. <laughs> you you pause like you're gonna put in uh, a, a, like a sound clip or something, and then you just it's did just the me. song. Yeah. I like that. There's it's no drop. Me. Cool. Um, I uh, listen. I'm a great singer at karaoke. People talked about how good I was. They didn't mm-hmm. talk about that at all. Um, we shouted along to say it ain't so. Yes, mm. I sang Mr. Brightside. People loved it. Mm, good one. That is a good one. Thank you. I missed that, so I have no compliments. I mean, it's a good song, but I have no compliments for it. We did shout out that Weezer song. It was the la- second to last song of the night. It was oh. very it was very screamy. Real quick, what are your go- I like to ask this question. What are your go-to uh, karaoke songs? Or like if you have to do one of the night, 
uh, say it ain't so, which was my, it was my pick. <laughs> Got it. That's a good um, one. I feel like mine. I don't do it very often, but it would be the killer's Mr. Brightside. Also a good one. Yeah, it's a yeah. classic. Mine is um, you know the song Word Up uh, by Cameo. Corn covered yes. it. <laughs> I uh, I do the Cameo version. I'm aware of I'm aware of the Corn version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I love it so much. It's one of my favorite. And it's also it's like there's singy bits, but it's also a lot of like rapping, but like fun sing songy rapping. It's a good one. I like it a lot. So my favorite, uh, one of my longtime favorite bands is the Beastie Boys. Mm. And I've tried singing some of their songs at karaoke and they're just so fast at rapping that I found I was not good at that. <laughs> Very hard, yeah, you got to practice. I was like, "Hmm, I'm bad." I yeah, I don't <laughs> I'm not much of a singer uh, generally, but I will say that for some reason, so the last song we did as I don't know, a joke uh was a bit song. All Star by Smash Mouth. Yeah. And we killed it <laughs> and I was surprised that I knew every word of that song uh, uh, i was even singing lyrics that weren't on the screen because they were like the harmonized uh stuff so it's like wait i i don't know if the thing was screwed up or not but it was like when he sings like all that glitters is gold like not all of those were on the screen oh <laughs> I, the, I see i knew it should have been there in the song sure you didn't need that screen no Mm. Uh, which the screen would throw, I would look at it, it wouldn't be there. And I'm like, Oh, do I have this wrong? No, I'm right. It's supposed to be here. There's just like a gap in the thing. It was a yep. bad, I think it was a bad karaoke. I think the video was a bad video. That's always disappointing. Let's asked, get back to the, Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, what? I, I oh, go ahead, Emily. <laughs> I also did blank space by Taylor Swift, which I did a pretty good job at, but I, we did hotline bling by Drake and I don't mm. mean to brag or anything, but I did a really good job. Okay. <laughs> Even the rap part, the bridge part, Mm-hmm. people are like oh i can't do this i'm like guys move over i got this <laughs> move over this is gonna get i'm gonna swing my arms a lot. <laughs> oh one of my classic moments in in karaoke was that uh i did a duet of um telephone with somebody and i was just there to do the beyonce part <laughs> and i crushed it <laughs> um the Lady Gaga song. Um, it's a good song. But I jumped in and people were like not expecting me to go so into the Beyonce <laughs> part. But I know I... Uh, I guess I still really like that song, but I we used to be obsessed with that song. It's, it was really good, like when it came out, <laughs> just like five years ago now. Ugh, God, time. Let's get back to this tea now. Tea. Now we can move on. We are drinking a tea that can only be described as fancy today. Wow. Um, it can be described other ways though. No, but <laughs> this is number seven twenty seven Tiffany tea, black tea and floral blend. Net weight, three ounces. <laughs> Belloc T Atelier. Belloc? Belloc, do you think? Belloc? I'm not sure. It's Q- CQ. Wait, how Wait, is it spelled? B-E-L-L-O-Q. It's an O. Do you say C? I'm not. B-E-L-L-O-Q. B-E-L-L-O-C-Q. Belloc. Well, well, that's not what their website says. <laughs> oh. Uh, hmm. Which, that's Maybe fine. it's a typo. Uh, either the website or the tin has a typo on it. Let's tell uh, the last word is atelier. A T. Oh, did you say that? I'm not sure if I. I don't know if I. I said it, but Baloque I don't think I said it. T right. atelier. Yeah, it's also not on their I'm website. Taking a stab at that. I'm not sure if that's correct. Uh, it's worth mentioning out there that this is a tea by the Tiffany, like yes. Tiffany, as in like the fancy company like breakfast at. Yeah, breakfast at. Uh, um, they sell. What do they sell? Jewelry. <laughs> It's jewelry, right? And tea, apparently. And tea. And you can get breakfast there. Um, and this tin that we're drinking from, 
Not, we didn't spend this on this, but it costs $150. Wild. <laughs> this is the most expensive tea we've ever had. Um, I also think it's important to say that the label on the container is Tiffany blue. Like you would buy like a ring box. It's like a Tiffany blue. It's this blue. Oh, you want that me? That is a color, like a, a type of blue. Yeah. yeah. You want me to read this? I'm on the website. You want me to read some stuff for um, you? Yes, please. <laughs> Uh, we're going to get right to that color blue in a second. Uh, <laughs> a custom loose leaf tea blend made exclusively for Tiffany. This fragrant floral infusion of Chinese black tea with gentle notes of roses, lavender, and vanilla will eleva- elevate your daily tea time. Next up, the bulleted list <laughs> of facts. Number 727 Tiffany tea, exclusive black tea, and floral blend in a Tiffany blue labeled tin can. So that's like description i thought that was gonna be more of a sentence but it was just a bullet point hmm. uh i already read the ingredients um uh, oh yeah tea blended and packaged by oh so belloc with the c is spelled later in the description uh tea wow uh what did we say atelier atelier yeah is in brooklyn new york this is Whoa. brooklyn baby cool. the tin can was made in china uh, available exclusively on Tiffany.com and at the New York flagship store. Does Tiffany have a line of teas or is this just the Tiffany tea? They do. They have a lot of teas. Mm. Uh, I was scrolling through them on their website. And I oh, and so 727, which is the this is their address on Fifth Avenue in New York. Gotcha. 727. Did I say 757? Yeah, I think you said 727. Okay. I won't, it's not the airplane, the 757. It is the address, the 727. <laughs> it's not like Chanel number five. It's not like the number of, you know, not tries the, that they meant. Yeah. Well, I will say that all their T's seem to have different numbers, but they're all lower. I think because this is the New York T, mm. it's got the 727 as in the address. But all the other T's are like number one, number five, number six, number 30, okay. etc. But they did have a long list of T's. And are they all $150? Uh, no, this is the only one that is um, that expensive. The rest of them are normal tea prices, like thirty bucks for peasants and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, for We're, peasants. Yeah. I, I don't. Is this an okay question to ask? Is this tea worth one hundred and fifty dollars? Uh, I haven't had any yet. Yeah, we have. We don't know. Oh, I have. <laughs> what? I thought that was the whole point. Um, oh, I. Well, I've only just started drinking it. Oh, do we begin? Do, you can it? have a sip now. Go for I it. I would like to have some um, tea. Emily, you talk while we're having some okay, tea. Okay, so they're drinking the tea. Um, in this tea, I do definitely taste the rose. When you look at the tea, I'm pretty sure there are cornflower petals, but that's not in the list of ingredients. So maybe that's lavender. It could mm. be lavender. I could have mm. been wrong. Mm. I think you think so. It's very good. Mm. I definitely, I think I get um, vanilla and lavender to me have similar sort of like flavor profiles. Mm-hmm textures if you will um that's yeah there's like a, a creamy kind of yeah. quality i didn't put any milk in this but it, it, there is a creamy quality to it i did put milk in it um okay guys balak teas it is definitely spelled with c that the, web, the website has a typo on it that's hilarious uh balok uh, is a that is a tea company separate from tiffany mm. and this is their mashup between the two companies oh nice and it can be bought at the blue box cafe in new york at the on the fourth floor of their flagship store at 727 Fifth Avenue. And the cafe, is all the furniture is colored this Tiffany blue. Mm. <laughs> it looks kind of weird. <laughs> Over, uh, overwhelming, I would say. Tiffany blue is like, it's like, it's like a special color. Like people talk about it. Yeah, We're like talking about cobalt. it right now. It's like electric blue. Yeah. Um, um, it's kind of a, 
aqua greenish color. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are other teas. They have the, the number 47, which is start. Well, I guess it starts at $17. I don't know if maybe this is 150 because you can only buy it in this fancy looking tin, which check out our Instagram for that fancy tin picture. Um, I Listen, I don't want to get into value judgments on this tea, but I do think it's just leaves, right? Any amount of like any like one hundred fifty dollars is too much for any tea. Emily, we're we're a we're a tea thing. Don't don't disparage the tea. <laughs> like I I love tea. Okay, what, what's happening? <laughs> I went and looked at another one of their teas, number fifty two, which is also a Balak and Tiffany tea, but it's a completely different thing. It's not their exclusive one. You can buy a pound of it. A pound seems like so much tea. tea. (laughs) Yeah. And it would like dry Uh, out and go bad before you drink it all. That is $116. So it's just this one tea costs Hmm. a whole ton. Um, $116 for a pound. Imagine buying a pound. I guess that's if you're probably like a tea shop. You buy like a pound. Sure, yeah. Maybe. Um, The more I drink this, the more vanilla I get. I also want to say that the first cup I had, I actually... I didn't mix it before I poured it, so it didn't have as much flavor. Oh, yeah, you hear that mm. weak, weak cup. So weak I had a tea. weak cup, but then when I was halfway through that cup, I was like, I can, I now have space in this cup for, mm-hmm. and it, it's very strong now, and it's very, I mean, it's good. I like it. It's the qu- the question of uh, is it worth one hundred and fifty dollars is interesting because I think I work at a. <laughs> it's funny because now I'm realizing like this would have been a topic to bring up later in our conversation, uh, but I work at a, a company that deals with wine <clears throat> a lot. So that's something that I've uh, encountered a lot is like stuff that's worth, you know, bottles that are worth uh, 50, 60, a hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, and is it worth it? And I guess it's sort of like, if that's your bag, I don't that's know. fair. I don't, I've, I've gotten out of the mindset, maybe just because I'd go crazy given the, the industry that I'm working in. <laughs> um, but I've gotten out of the mindset of like shaming people or just just assigning this sort of like judgment to people who spend one hundred fifty dollars on tea. You're and right, so, and similar and similar items. It's yeah. it's fine if you want to. I'm sure this is one hundred fifty dollars because it's the tea. They're like, this is the Tiffany tea, and they know people will spend one hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, like, so, does it, yeah. Oh, does it make you happy? Does it make you one hundred fifty dollars happy? I mean, yeah. If I'd say it'd be weird if this was like the thing you bought. If you had to buy a hundred and fifty dollar tin of tea every like six months, you probably have a problem. <laughs> but if you want to come to New York and you like go to the Tiffany store and that's like your thing, yeah. This seems like I mean even the tin seems like a good like souvenir on its own. Oh, this tin tin is very fun. The tin is worth a hundred and forty dollars, and the tea is worth the ten. Uh, I would say that <laughs> that is all fine. It'd be a little weird if you were like, I only drink tea that costs sure one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, I think you guys are right. I think I'm being pretentious in my own way, <laughs> placing my own value judgments on how to spend money. And for that, I apologize. Don't apologize. I I totally get it. I would never spend one hundred and fifty dollars on tea. No, that's yeah, wild. I. I, as a tea lover, would not... Uh, I don't know. I, I guess it's funny. Like, would I, as a joke, buy this tea? <laughs> like, if I... Okay, I live in New York, so I'm not going to just go to the Tiffany store and buy tea and be, and bring it home and be like, look what I got in New York. It, tea there costs $150, <laughs> which is probably also a thing some people think is like... If they're out coming from... If they're just visiting the Tiffany store, they must be like, well, I guess tea costs this much in New York, <laughs> uh, where it really doesn't. Um, are you a, a big tea head? Are you all big? Oh, Obviously, you guys big into tea. So is the 
so for like wine for instance you know different bottles come from different like locations and regions and stuff and that mm. affects the flavor profile is that kind of like the stuff you're looking for when you're shopping around for tea or is is there sort of the the idea around it or is it mostly just like i like this brand or these ingredients emily yeah. you shop for tea more than i, I do <laughs> i will say i spend way too much money on tea because i buy too much not because i'm buying just one mm. um I should also say that the person who bought this tea, I don't think spent $150. Sure. I think he got a better price than that. However, I when I go shopping for tea, I don't really look about like where it's from. Mm-hmm. I like more think about the ingredients and the combination. Like I do know that there's probably like people that pay attention like leaves grown in China are different than the leaves grown in India or mm-hmm. like whatever. But I, I don't because I want... Yeah, I just don't. <laughs> yeah, right. um, but I like I like to have different interesting combinations of tea, um, and that's what that's what I go for. I dig it. I'm not a big tea drinker, but this is very nice. Um, if you go to like a David's Tea or, or some of the, some of the other places, they you can sniff the tea, different teas and <laughs> get those, the the mm. samples to just be like, this smells good or whatever, and sure. I I want this now. Um, but I'd say like. I'm also, I say I agree. I do know like certain, especially green teas, I know where they're from. Like, or if there's a description of where they're from, they do have different tastes. So like, um, I mean, matcha is a green tea, which um, has its own flavor versus like Chinese green tea versus some other places it can come from. Um, that's the, I feel like that's the big one that I can usually tell. Sure. And then I have an African tea that I really, that's like one of my favorite teas. Um we've talked about before uh so i don't have to talk about it again but uh <laughs> it's yeah certain and certain areas i think tend to lean towards either like green or black tea or the different other uh amounts of preparation for the leaves so like that ends up being like a big th- so like almost it almost be like uh the area the area does matter, but in a way where you're like, you're not necessarily concerned of where it's coming from, but a certain place will specialize in a kind of tea and therefore you will prefer their tea. Sure. Yeah. I, I get that. So it's like, it's kind of a reverse thing where you're not necessarily, yeah, you're not worried about where it's from. You worried about how, how it tastes, but how it tastes is based on where it's from. But you do, yeah, you associate a certain region or like an area with making a certain kind of tea that mm-hmm. you like. Yeah. And wine, I've learned that uh, like it is, um, you know, where vines and things are located, like its proximity to uh, like the ocean because the air comes mm. from the sea and it hits the vines in a certain way. And the soil has like this certain sort of like texture and quality to it that gets absorbed into the flavor, like all this mm-hmm. crazy stuff. So went, salty wine is from by the ocean. Salty wine. <laughs> um, it's a very rare, it's mostly just salt water that you mm-hmm. ferment oh, okay. for a while. Ooh, um, I, I, I would I, recommend that's some of my favorite. That is my favorite kind of wine. Yeah. Um, I like it from the Jersey shore. Personally. I buy a $150 bottle of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tiffany salt wine. Yeah, <laughs> salt wine. <laughs> I would, as you, I probably, I would not be able to tell the difference between a twenty dollars bottle of wine and a two hundred dollars bottle of wine. I would not be able to. I w- don't. I do not have the palate to know that. Sure. I think there's a big difference between like a nine dollars bottle of wine and like a twenty dollars bottle of wine, and now, then from like twenty to up. Now is, that's you're sort of like splitting hairs i do i do if i go buy a bottle of wine i'm not buying like barefoot stuff now wow yeah i'm a bit I'm of so a proud snob. of you 
Thank you. Uh, there was a reason I didn't start it uh, below ten dollars. Because <laughs> sometimes, if you just like buy like the really worst wine, it'll just be like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> this tastes weird. Yeah, wine product. Um, although I do like, uh, I uh, although I, it's, I will admit it has been a few years since I've had it, but I used to like um, the uh, Charles Shaw Trader Joe's. It's like they're five dollar wine oh yeah in in california it's called two buck chuck because you it i don't think it costs anymore but it used to buy bottles for like two dollars <laughs> yeah i'm familiar with two buck chuck uh it's actually called charles shaw gotcha the whole name <laughs> and uh <laughs> and i used to like that and i was like oh this is pretty good because it's all and it was only five bucks for a bottle and it's a hey, pretty good deal <laughs> yeah there's a there's a box wine i forget what it's called it's like a it just comes in a very like plain black box um but it's it's really tasty and also very cheap. Yeah. This is how I pick my wine. I go into a wine store and I go, where are your rosés? Mm. And then I go, which ones are sweet? And then they point them to me and I picked the label I like the best. Nice. And then I leave. <laughs> I, I, I pay before I leave though. I uh, I do go I I do like pretty labels that that will or funny labels when they're funny. Mm. <laughs> you like a funny label? Uh, yeah, or just like something weird about it because I don't really know. But I, I, I'm a red wine guy. Although, honestly, I got to say, if a label is really good and it's like a drier rosé, I'll get that one still. Sure. I like a dry rosé. I'm more of like an acidity guy. <laughs> like if it's like, you know, makes me like smack my gums. I like dry things. <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> Jacob. Oop, are you going to ask it or am I, I going to ask it? Go ahead, ask it. Jacob, you mentioned a little bit of this earlier, but... We know your relationship to wine, but what is your relationship to tea? What is my relationship to yeah, tea? Yeah, like how often are you drinking tea? Uh, well, I don't think I, I don't usually drink tea at all. Um, I'm not a hot tea guy. If I am going to the kitchen and I and I need a little pick me up, I'm usually a coffee drinker. Um, so I'm usually I usually lean coffee, not mm-hmm. tea. Every time I have tea, though, like hot tea, I enjoy it. Um, I'll go for, especially if I'm like feeling a little under the weather. You know, and coffee is a little harsh on the palate. Very common opinion people have. I drink coffee unless I'm sick. Yeah, for sure. It's <laughs> and it's also coffee is the worst. It's one of the worst things for you, kind of. <laughs> um, so the fact that we drink it when we're feeling fine is also probably a bad idea. But I do like a good like a Twinings English breakfast mm-hmm. kind of situation. Mm-hmm. I don't like a lot of um, flavored teas. Like I don't like a lot of uh, you know cit- like citrus. Uh, Bengali flavored tea or whatever. Take I that think citrus Bengali. <laughs> citrus Bengali. Um, but also, I I grew up in the South, and um, iced tea, I mm-hmm. have a very strong relationship with. Yeah. Particularly if there is uh, sugar mixed into it, mm. a whole bunch of sugar, a whole bunch of sugar. <laughs> I've uh, if I go back home, I'm usually drinking it around the clock, just binging it. Um, but not, not, I don't I don't like make it up mm-hmm. here. That would be dangerous. <laughs> it's strange i drink like i grew up drinking it from the point that i was like four or five years old and almost like if you equate like mountain dew kids with like kids who just like drink way too much sugary and i sugary I, tea, yeah. I always felt like i was like a step above that but in, in reality i was just, just drinking sweet tea all the time um so i really have like no uh like caffeine had no effect on me for a while because i was just desensitized to it <sighs> but yeah, yeah that's that's my I guess that's my history with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I've only had true like Southern sweet tea multiple times, like mm-hmm. just a few times. And every single time I'm like, what is this magic yeah. sugar? Oh, you like it? That's <laughs> no, good. Oh, that's good. Cause it's like just pure sugar. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of folks don't like it. 
and I'll nowadays uh, I'll drink like unsweet tea, unsweet iced tea, and um, yeah, I don't hate it as much as I used to. I used to be a big. I used to be anti tea without sugar or ice unsweetened iced tea i used to like rail against it i was like Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you put sugar in it like i didn't understand why you wouldn't just put sugar in your tea (laughs) and it took me a long i think it took me till i was 30 to realize that you could have iced tea without sugar in it that might even be genuine uh generous to myself it might have been 32 (laughs) where i was like oh you can just have iced tea and it tastes pretty good yeah i used to load up like coffee and tea and everything with like sugar and milk and all that stuff and now i just mostly go plain jane Mm -hmm. i tend to be plain myself although i'm on a bit of a honey kick uh (laughs) adding honey to my tea honey's good i in my iced tea i always put sugar Mm -hmm. sometimes more than i put in like hot tea because the coldness i think goes well with the sugar i mean sugar always does make things taste better yeah (laughs) um i am working on using less sugar in my hot tea Mm -hmm. but i still use it and you're using sweet and low. And I use sweet and low. So it's not as bad as sugar, sugar. Um, And I, in my black tea, I use milk. And then all my other teas, I use no milk. However, when I drink coffee, which is only once a day, if I drink it. Milk and, and sugar? The, milk and just a lot of milk. Sure. And only one packet of sugar. Gotcha. But a lot of milk. I'll use a little cream if it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, I dated a girl who was lactose intolerant for like two years, three years. Um. And so for a very long time, I did not keep milk in the house. And that's actually just, it had like almond milk. Mm-hmm. And that sort of was the beginning of me just like stopping using yeah. it and all of my, like, I didn't, I stopped eating cereal. <laughs> I stopped like <laughs> drinking coffee mm-hmm. um, or using it in like coffee and stuff. So I think that's probably why I don't use it as much as I used to. I just noticed you have a modest mouse poster. I just saw them with the black keys um, in Brooklyn. Very fun. Yeah, it was very fun. I've seen them a few times in my life. They were good. I, yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. They do a good live show. They're such a big band. <laughs> There's like 15 people on they, stage. And they used to only be three people. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, I've been I've been a Modest Mouse fan since 2002 or three, before before they hit it big. I was one of those. I'm one of those cool people who gets to say, "Hell yeah!" I was in a band before they were famous. Yeah, you you get that. Um, it was before Float On came out, so I definitely get the get those points. Sure, <laughs> that, that's where they really blew up. I like their uh, uh, most recent album. Yeah, a lot. Uh, I like all their. I mean, I a lot of people. I mean, because their sound has also changed a lot over the years. So a, a lot of people have said, "I don't like their new stuff," or "I only like their new stuff." But I've sort of been there for it all, and I like it all. I dig it. <laughs> um, although they had. I mean, they had some albums in the 90s before I was into them. But uh, once I got in them, I was I was big into them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've seen them a few times. More. But they were, only a, uh, they were only a three-piece band when I was first getting into them. And then they added... Uh, 17 more members. 17 more. <laughs> well, then Johnny Marr of the Smiths, the Smiths was a guitarist for one album of theirs. And uh, yeah, they're pretty great. Yeah. I don't think I, I never saw them when they were like a super small band, but I like I never saw them as a three piece band, but I had seen them when they were still just like four or five of them. They were um opening for the black keys and so like obviously the this the lights and stage and all that stuff was sort of like set up for the black keys show afterward. Yeah. But I would like to see them when it's just like their headlining and see like all because I imagine they do like a lot of production value and stuff. This was a little bit like bare bones. Yeah. I'm um, surprised they were an opening band i also was surprised by that i don't really know what the deal is that uh, it was billed as with modest mouse not yeah yeah so maybe okay. it's like 
you know. My poster you're looking up there is a co-headlining thing that I saw. We were just two bands, and they were both at Madison Square Garden, and they had no opening act. Uh, Modest Mouse did go on first, but it was because they were just like alternating dates that which band went on first, oh, which sure. band went on second. I was hoping that given the title, they would be doing some sort of like weird, you know, playing together type situation. But that's also very that would be very strange for the Black Keys and Modest Mouse to play together. They, yeah, I, I, I would, uh, I would appreciate that, but I also don't know what it would sound like. I have no idea. It would be very weird. Um, Black Keys, I'm pretty sure from Ohio. Wow, like they me. are from Ohio. Yeah, one sound, one makes music that sounds like uh, car commercials, and the other <laughs> makes music that uh, is very uh, ennui and <laughs> you know. Yet, I'm pretty sure I've heard both of them in commercials. Pretty sure I've heard know, both bands. Definitely the Black Keys. I don't know about Modest Mouse, but I could see that too. Uh, they had a song called "Gravity Rides uh, Everything," which was in a a commercial for a van, <laughs> like a <laughs> Chrysler town and country or something like that uh and i remember when it happened and people were like you're selling out oh uh and i also think what was the other they've had a, they've had some songs that like have, i because i have an ear for it <laughs> sure um I'm, also, I'm really good at picking out celebrities when they're doing or not even celebrities but like comedians who aren't aren't celebrities doing voiceovers in commercials like mm-hmm. I, i'm always like oh that's so-and-so or whatever like even before they were famous <laughs> Yeah, that used to be a field, dom- like commercial voiceover used to be a field dominated by like no faces, like you didn't know who they were. And it's only in the past like decade, I think, that that it's really like like John Krasinski and Matt yeah. Damon and uh, who's the Aaron Paul yeah, doing all those like Mazda commercials. I'm last always year. John surprised when I hear like, <laughs> like, I don't, not Jennifer, maybe Jennifer Aniston does one, but like, I'm like, Jennifer Aniston, you don't need this money. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's yeah. Well, it's like when uh, John Krasinski. You don't need this. Who's the weird? You're Jack one? Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> um, who's the guy who does the the Lincoln commercials? Um, Matthew McConaughey. Like he seems like he needs the all money right, the right, least. Right. <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, I'm like surprised. I mean, I guess when it rains, it pours. Like he's they're you know saving for a retirement. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't Matthew... fault them for it. I'm just always surprised. Yeah, yeah. It would be, but they don't think they're too good for it. Sure. Like they, I mean, I'm sure. It, I'm sure it costs takes them like no time to do it. But I'm surprised they're not like I'm busy doing a movie. I'm not doing your Lincoln commercial or right. whatever. Um, and he was in, also in the Between Two Ferns movie. Matthew oh McConaughey. yeah, and he gets like uh, t- toilet water. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a good scene. That was fun. Oh, I spoiled it. Sorry. If you um, I don't think that's it. That big was it's like the very beginning. I think it's in the trailer, to be honest, because mm. uh, I knew that scene was coming before I watched the movie. Sure. Okay, I think it's time. Let's. This was. This is an. This is an extended tea talk. <laughs> That's uh, good. Fix it in post. Um, no, we'll keep we it. will not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt. Yes, me. I have a question for you. <laughs> Please say it right in that microphone. <laughs> Would you say that this number seven two seven or seven hundred twenty seven? Tiffany tea, black tea, and floral blend made in partnership with the Belloc Tea Atelier. Would you say that it's your cup of tea or not your cup of tea? I have a question for the group first. Would you, if you were to give that address, would you say 727 or 727? 727. How would you say? Would Seven, you, 727. 727? I yeah. think I would do 727. Which is I'm also thinking, still a shortcut because you're not saying 727. You're saying 727. Do you say 727? No, I'd probably say 727. Yeah, that'd be... I'd probably spell it all out. That'd be lunacy. <laughs> 727. Fifth Avenue. Fifth 
Avenue. We're saying Avenue, even though that's abbreviated. Anyways. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I had an argument so. with my girlfriend recently about saying uh, 2020 and not 2020 or 19. <laughs> what year is it? Whatever year it is. 2019. 2019. 2019. It's I, not 2019. I agree. That's it takes crazy. too much time. Just do 2019 uh-uh. and 2020 and 2021. It's not like a Lord of the Rings book. 2021. You know what I mean? The year 2020. I think it's inconvenient that we have to say okay. 2000 now. It was so much nicer when we could be like 96. And people knew what 96 meant because what other, like, when you're in the higher numbers, sure. you're just like 96, 97, 98, 99. Now you got to preface it with 20. And then as soon as it's 2000. Remember when we had to say all of the year 2000? I also think... Before, Extended before, T-talk. Before we move on, I also think 19 sounds so... Like, when you get to, like, the 23, I could see us saying, oh, in the year 23. Even though, even then, it's, like, weird. But, like... Back in 23. Yeah, but, like... like the year like, 19. In, like, the year 19 just sounds weird. But we do say things like, back in 08. Back in 08. You're right. Yeah, well, I don't know. But then we'll say 2010. We won't say back in 10. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's the teens. I think there's a problem with the teens. Yeah. Like, even when you're talking about, like, 1918, you don't talk about the 18s. You say, Back 1918. 1918. Back yeah, in 18. Sure. The first 18 oh, that we had. God. I'm so excited to get out of the teens, to be honest. I'm so glad for to so many reasons. get a new present. Um, this tea <laughs> is worth every penny of $150. Getting get political. Um, this tea, no one, can, no one can at me on this podcast. I have the final say. People can write comments that, uh, on, the, on the website. And but, they should. And two or three people ever have. <laughs> In the 90 episodes, I think we've had three people comment. And um, one was a comment about one of our episodes about how we didn't give enough information. <laughs> it's, they sounded angry, but they weren't. They just thought we needed to say more. Uh, anyways, this tea talk is so long. <laughs> And just yesterday, we recorded an episode where I talked about having the longest tea talk ever, and this one is breaking that record. And this one comes out before that one. So now I sound like a liar on our Thanksgiving episode. (laughs) That answers the question. (laughs) This this tea is pretty good. Uh, Yeah, it's my cup of tea. That's one 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 for one. Uh, Jacob? This tea is my cup of tea. I really enjoy it. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) I didn't even have to ask the question. I got the answer. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were... No. Yeah. I was going to ask the whole thing. I sensed it. That's fine. I'm not going to ask it. I'm not going to ask it. So it's your cup of tea? (laughs) It's my cup of tea. And then what what did you say after that? (laughs) What? You said, it's my cup of tea. Um, I'm really digging it. I said something to that effect. Yeah, it's tasty. I like it a lot. Would would drink again. Would drink again, yeah. Would buy for $150? (laughs) Yes. Oh, there we go. Yes. Worth every penny. Well. Emily. Matt. Do you find this uh, Bullock Tiffany tea made in Brooklyn to be your cup of tea? Or ooh, very close to interrupt to me. Or not your cup of tea. Matt, thank you so much for asking. It's my <laughs> cup of tea. I think I will say I regularly drink this in the morning. Although that was before I found out how expensive it was. And now I feel bad. Um, yeah, it's my cup of tea. I think it's good. I think it's nice and flowery, which is one of my favorite ways to have a black tea. Is I it worth $150? No tea is worth $150. I don't know. We have two for two over here rating it uh, worth $150. Sure, it's worth $100. I just, like, <laughs> it's like I, it's just like a liquid. It's not something, my problem with the price isn't that it's $150. It's that if you were to buy, like, like a mug set that's $150, that's still a lot of money, but you get to use the mugs over and over again. Sure. With the any kind of drink, any kind of food. Once you use it, it's gone. Yeah. It's like a one-use thing. Yeah. And I just think it's not cost-effective. But look at that tin. It's got Tiffany blue on it. If, 
if the tin was if the tin was silver, I, it'd be worth it. Anyways, <laughs> I'm not faulting anyone for spending 150. dollars Do what you want to do. Okay, it's I your just, cup of tea though. It's so my cup good. of tea though. Three for three. We liked it. Thank Yay. you, Tiffany. Be a sponsor. Please do, <laughs> honestly. That raving review. <laughs> Some of us think but it's worth it. I do think. I'll replace Emily with Jacob as my co-host if you <laughs> sponsor us. <laughs> I do think if you go to Tiffany and you spend a lot of money on jewelry, even though it's still probably very expensive, at least you're using the jewelry over and over again. Because mm-hmm. it's jewelry. Mm-hmm. What if you wore this tin as jewelry? Like you put it on a chain, wore it on your neck. <laughs> Worth a thousand dollars immediately. <laughs> immediately, make a good hat. I think. Make a yeah. fun little hat. Nice little hat. Yeah. Tea talk complete. Tea talk done. <laughs> Jacob, even though I feel like mean about saying the tea is too expensive, <laughs> I didn't mean to make you feel mean. I feel. You I... didn't make me feel mean. I'm making myself feel mean. Mm. Everything we just talked about, I do have to say, is unimportant. Because it's too bad because we spent 33 minutes on it. <laughs> Good segment. But the real important part of this podcast is you in your topic. Okay. Jacob, what is your topic today? Exciting. Are you guys ready? Yeah. I've, I struggled with picking one, um, mainly because I think my topic may not be one that you guys even are familiar with, which means that I'm going to have to do a lot of the labor here. Mm-hmm. Um and I would love this to be a dialogue, so please chime in. My topic today is the Ernest movies. <laughs> Are you guys familiar? I am very familiar with the Ernest movies. Yay, that makes me very happy. Are you familiar with the Ernest P. Worrell franchise? No. Movies? Okay. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm excited to learn <laughs> and ask questions. Give, yeah. give Emily a primer for what these okay. movies, and the listener at home. <laughs> so back in, I think, the... 80s to like late 80s going into the 90s there was an actor named jim varney and jim varney you may know uh he was in the beverly hillbillies movie as jed clampett or whatever his name was the the dad not uh, the same actors in the tv show though no that they did like a more recent yeah. reboot um he was the voice of slinky in Toy Story. Slinky oh, Dog. Slinky I'm Dog. I was, I was about to say, you're burying the lead about his most famous role. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, building up to it. Well, his most famous role was, uh, I guess, I, well, <laughs> Slinky's probably more famous than Ernest. Was, he probably made more money playing Slinky Dog, too. <laughs> and Which is so funny because he did that one movie. I think he passed away. Spoiler alert. He is, he's deceased. But I think he did that movie. I don't know if he did the sequel. I don't know how many. I think he might um, have been in the first two. He's not. He, uh, he There's an impersonator. No, not. Yeah. There's another guy who's the voice of Slinky Dog it, in yeah. the later movies. I'll see um, when he died exactly. I do um, want to say that Slinky is a very important role, role in Toy role. Story because he's. Woody's best friend. Yeah. I mean, who's not Andy. (laughs) Yeah, he's great. Um, He, so he was this character actor based in the South. I think he's, he's from Kentucky. And he created this character named Ernest P. Worrell, who is this sort of like very goofy, over the top, um, cartoony character. And he used this character in a lot of regional commercials. And he shot like dozens to maybe like hundreds of like, commercials for things like you know mattress stores Mm -hmm. and to Mm -hmm. some like bigger larger brands like coca-cola and stuff like that um tons and tons and tons of commercials and it got to be such a popular famous uh character that he was doing that they actually turned it into a tv show and then that tv i've never seen the tv show but then after the tv show they made i believe something like eight or nine movies 
So all of the movies are basically <laughs> Ernest. I could even just list them out, but they're all they're all this character Ernest uh, being sort of a doofus and an idiot, and getting into weird situations where he uh, has to save the day, but is also sort of like goofy and silly. Right. Certain titles, uh, such as um, Ernest Goes to Camp, I think was the first one. Ernest Goes to Jail. Slam Dunk Ernest. He Does he play basketball? He plays basketball on that one, I think. What does he do in that one? (laughs) I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is in it. Oh! Um, He was recently in Veronica Mars, too. Was he? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Hmm. Doing well. Um, (laughs) Ernest Scared Stupid was a Halloween one. Ernest Saves Christmas. I'm just listing these. Ernest in the Army. Um, is he in the army? Uh, yeah, they're is all it pretty an active war situation. Yeah, there's one that's like Ernest goes to Africa. Um, and these are comedy films. Did we mention that? They're yeah, they're comedy <laughs> films. Um, it's hard to say what the premise is. In a lot of the commercials, he would um, talk. the The whole premise was that he had this neighbor named Vern, and Vern was always you never see Vern because Vern is the camera. So he's always talking directly to the Vern uh, to the camera to the Vern to the Vern. <laughs> um, and the premise would always be that like. Ernest is like his annoying neighbor that would just show up and be like, hey, Vern, did you hear about uh, yeah. Mountain Dew has this new flavor? About, blah, blah, yeah. Blah. yeah, I can't. I'm not going to do the commercial. He had quite um, a voice. <laughs> he had quite a voice and I don't I don't think I could do it justice. Um, and he talked like Slinky Dog, although maybe yeah. like more over the top than Slinky. like <laughs> Over the big time. Yeah. And the movies, um, he's a big, big time physical actor. Like mm-hmm. this was very super, super broad. It, I guess like kids movie. Yeah, comedy. He had a like super rubbery face. Yeah, they, also, were, they were live action, so unlike yeah. Slinky Dog, he was actually playing himself. Yeah. He wore like a lot of dungaree. I feel like he had like a. <laughs> he would always have like a, a denim vest uh, and a hat, um, a cap that was like a brown, a brown. I don't know. He looked. He looked like a like a plumber or like an electrician type mm-hmm. of guy. Very blue collar. Um, he was the original blue collar comedian, I'd say. I think so. I um, think he sort of was a for a forerunner of that. Yeah, have, and ca- kind of better, better. Like not as re- like he's kind of a redneck, but he's not like being like. It. Isn't it funny that I'm a redneck? It was yeah. just like I'm f- I'm funny and weird, and I'm also kind of a redneck, and okay. not just not being like Jeff Fox, where they were, where he's like where all the humor comes from the fact that he's a redneck. This is just yeah, yeah. I have, I have a couple <laughs> things I want to ask. Sure. So does he solve all of the problems by being like bumbling and like, or like, does he like actually have skills that help him solve the problem? Or is he like uh, clumsy and the clumsiness causes the problem to be fixed? No, it's usually, well, so the, I think each movie varies the plot, like what the issue is and what he's going to do to fix it usually varies. I think in Ernest Saves Christmas, Santa um, is... Oh my gosh! What is the what is the? It's such a weird plot. He Santa loses his sleigh, oh. I think, um, and gets stuck. How are kids supposed to get their presents? Exactly, it's one of those. And so Ernest and an adorable child um, pair up with Santa Claus to try to get him back to the North Pole in time to save Christmas. Um, and they do this uh, in, in like a number of ways. Usually, what happens is um, Ernest has like has to help someone out with doing something and someone is like trying to stop them. Uh one of his many qualities is that he is a master of disguise. So he used to do like all these characters. Uh he was like a big character actor and just did like lots of impressions and and weird, you know. So as a as a 
mechanism for getting him to do these characters in these movies, Ernest was a master of disguise and would sneak into places by being these weird over the top, like little old ladies or, you know, um, super hillbilly. One was like a snake wrangler and he was like covered in dirt. Um, yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of stupid, but also clever. (laughs) It's really, I've tried my mom a few years ago as kind of a gag gift, but I think mostly just like a gift got me the entire set of Mm. movies. Uh, (laughs) it's a real gift. (laughs) Yeah. All, all the DVDs. Um, and I've tried watching them recently, and I, I think they're sadly pretty unwatchable <laughs> in my adult so years. So they do not hold up. They don't hold up. But it was pretty, I, I don't know why it just popped into my head recently uh, as a topic, but it was pretty formative, I'd say, in my youth, because you used to go to, we used to go to Blockbuster a lot. Oh. And in every movie section and every Blockbuster, I think there would be like almost an entire shelf dedicated, like, because he had so many movies. So many it would movies. be like, Ernest goes to camp, Ernest goes to jail, Ernest does this, Ernest does that. So for a while, it was like burning through them. They probably yeah. had the, back when you could get like uh, TV shows on tapes, I'm sure they had like the individual episodes of his TV show, mm-hmm. which I did, I actually did watch. I'm more familiar with the TV show, although I watched it so long ago that I'm not going to remember much about it. But uh, that was just like a, like a Saturday morning, like I think they'd pair it with Saturday morning cartoons or whatever. It was just like a kid's show and it was 20, you know, the 22 minute format. What was like the premise? It was just like his daily day. Like yeah. it was called Hey Vern, it's Ernest. <laughs> oh yeah. I and it was that. just like, I'd, it would just be like regular sitcom-y kind of stuff where mm-hmm. like you just have to deal with whatever. Honestly, like it was from the late eighties. I probably watched it in the early nineties. Sure. Like reruns. He always uh, had his job. I think his jobs varied, but they were always something along the lines of like he was a plumber. Yeah. I think in Ernest Goes to Camp. I think in Saves Christmas, he was like a janitor or something like that. So he always had like some kind of blue collar mm-hmm. job. Um, and then would the beginning of each movie, and I'm sure every episode of the show would involve like trying to, you know, fix a leaky faucet and then he tapes it. And then starts to walk away, and then it starts dripping again. A lot of like clown kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Goes back, tries to fix it. It it start like the pipes start to expand and almost explode. Ooh. And then and then you know water would spray everywhere, and you'd be covered in it. Um, very goofy. Very very goofy. <laughs> very very silly. He was uh, almost like a cartoon character. Um. Okay. So one quick thing. This is comparable to me as an outsider who's never seen it as like how Sasha Baron Cohen has like characters. And then those characters are like, has like Borat. This is the exact same as Sasha Baron <laughs> But like that similar idea where he's playing a character. For sure. Yeah. yeah. He's a little more, Ernest is definitely, the Ernest is coming out harder. Like it's still like, or Jim Varney, I guess. Like where Sasha Baron Cohen like really dives into okay. the character and is like a completely new person. This is not quite that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jim Varney is interesting because if you look at old interviews of him, he's actually very like, he's like a Shakespearean trained actor. So he like does, uh, he's, he's very like commanding of his voice and can do lots of different stuff. But like Ernest P. Whirl was definitely like a, a very specific character that he made for yeah. kind of like Medea or something like that yeah i actually almost said i almost said i almost said this earlier he was like the medea of like the 80s or whatever. There, there's a lot of like parallels uh with those movies yeah the premises and, and just sort of the gags yeah just the, like yeah. one funny guy and slap him into like the different scenarios and be because it's like medea the whole joke is like now it's medea on halloween it's right. medea thanksgiving it's medea yeah. christmas <laughs> I, I googled it before and apparently before he passed away they were in works to make like 
Ernest Goes to Space or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Ernest. And then there was another one that was... Uh, oh, something about like voodoo. Like he was going to be in like Hawaii and he gets some kind of voodoo spell thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's an episode voodoo of was break. Very, Voodoo was big. Voodoo in, was like, big. The, also, in like the 90s. Voodoo, very big. That's yeah. an episode of the Brady Bunch. They go to Hawaii. Exactly. They're it's been tarantula. done. There's a tarantula and there's a totem and there's then the they all get cursed. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. God, we all remember that. <laughs> yeah. It's, I watched a lot of Nick at Night sometimes as a kid. I miss Nick at Night. Me too. Yeah. Uh, he was Slinky Dog in both the first two movies. Oh, gotcha. And then his friend, Blake Clark, is the voice in three and four. That's cool. Um, who he's from Boy Meets World. He's like the dad of one of, of the... Corey? Not Corey, but the other one. Uh, oh, Sean's dad. She's Sean's... I think he's Sean's dad. The guy with like the cool leather jacket. Oh, no. Oh, oh, I do know who you're talking The big guy. Yeah. Like a bigger guy. And then later, Sean is sort of adopted by his uh, like cool teacher yeah. Yeah. guy. Um, I know who you're talking and about. And he does kind of a gravelly voice. And like, yeah, he does. Uh, yeah. He's sort of like a character guy. He could do that justice. He was on, he was on Home Improvement. He was, his name on Boy Meets World is Chet Hunter. <laughs> so on the Drew Carey show, uh, Home Improvement. He was a big uh, 90s sitcom guy. For and sure. now he's probably made more money doing Slinky Dog yeah, <laughs> than good for him. other people. Good for him. Uh, yeah. Also, apparently, Jim Varney in real life was uh, close friends to Robin Williams. Oh. Yeah. Little little factoid. That's a nice story. Um. I want to talk more about these movies. Sure. So, so Jim Varney. Mm-hmm. Did is he? How do I want to ask this? Does <laughs> uh, he? Well, does he play like? So I know he puts on character like yeah. as like a master disguise, or does he ever play a different character in the movie? Like a completely like. He is always Ernest P. Worrell okay. in the movies. And then when he, you know, there's one, or, the, or Ernest goes to jail, as an example, when he's trying to sneak out, there's a very hilarious sequence where he is trying to sneak out by disguising himself um, in multiple different characters. Yeah. One is, uh, like, a, he does one that's, like, a little, like, an, an old woman. He has, a, he puts on a neck brace. Um, she's always has a neck brace. And she she's always, like, walking with a walker. And always bemoaning the loss of her like negligent son who doesn't call her anymore. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's very funny. Classic. There Classic old lady. Good. I felt some weird facts I want to get out there. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I went on his Wikipedia. So his first five movies were all theatrical releases. Camp, Christmas, Jail, Scared Stupid, and Rides Again uh, were all theatrical releases. I forgot about Rides Again. Uh, goes to school, Dunk Ernest, Slam Dunk Ernest, mm. Ernest Goes to Africa, and Ernest and the Army were all direct-to-video releases. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in and er- th- yeah. I just, sorry, I just remembered in Ernest go- in the Army, his his job there is he's a he's a cook in the Army, and he there's a bit where he mixes up the pancake batter with liquid uh, tank material or like like powdered yeah. so he like mixes it with water and it becomes like a hard as like tank material and i think there's a point where he has to like throw it like a frisbee and it gets lodged in the side of a, an actual tank and almost kill someone um there was supposedly a movie called this is it's highly suspect whether this actually happened or not but that they were going they were making but at the time of his death they were making Ernest the pirate <laughs> oh yeah which Man, and the voodoo one's in here too, but like supposedly at the time of his death, they were working on this pirate one, which given his voice, he has this <laughs> such a weird voice. And then him trying to like, I guess, be a pirate on top of that would have been so silly. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. 
So my question, I had a question. What was it? It was about we were talking about the movies. Oh, was he, is he always those characters? Yes, you said. Um, this this man, Jim Varney. Mm-hmm. How do you think he felt about these movies? I don't know. Um, he loved doing them. He did, or he, yeah, yeah. He did tons of them. I don't no. know that there was ever any sort of public. Um, like if he was if he felt like locked into something or that he didn't enjoy doing it, yeah. I don't know that he ever like came out and said that. Hi. He was, I think, a trouble. I don't know. I don't want to like. I, he seemed like a guy in interviews sometimes. Um, who maybe I, I think he did stand up for a while and didn't. I, I think he was like a working guy who probably had like troubles of his own, but like wound up. You know, I mean, he was a working actor, so I'm sure yeah. he was happy. I'm sort of on his Wikipedia. He had, he actually ended up doing a lot of other things, like maybe not being like the lead in a lot of stuff, but just doing like random character actor. voiceovers and being random, like, yeah, like this guy's uncle, this person's brother, like uh, way more than I think I'm, or I think I remember in real life. Yeah. Uh, now I wonder if I go and watch some stuff from the 80s and 90s. I'm like, oh, there's Jim Varney. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's, he's, he seems to have put together more of a career than I thought. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching one of the tapes uh, when we'd gone through all the movies uh, at Blockbuster. There was one that was um, best of uh, earnest commercials, like those regional There's just a, yeah. a whole movie of those, but also like bloopers yeah. in the outtakes. Um, and I remember being very shocked because I was just a kid. I must have been, I know older than like nine maybe, um, watching him in doing that character and then something going wrong and him breaking and like like cursing and then censoring it out and i was like oh my god like javari's like a real person yeah and he was apparently like a like a chain a very heavy smoker and Mm -hmm. he i believe he died of uh lung cancer um he did yeah yeah he had a his voice was like a i mean he had a smoker's voice like the, the whole slinky dog thing is like that that's how it Came. Like a grab, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was like, yeah, he was a. I mean, it's from smoking <laughs> a ton, and yeah, he died of lung cancer. Sad. Poor guy. Yeah. Um. So you you watch these movies as a kid mm-hmm. all the and time. Would you watch them as a family, or you get the same ones over and over again? <laughs> I would. I probably repeated a few of them several times, and I think we watched them. I had like one friend that we would would watch them with me. Um, I am sure that my family. Uh, would get tired of it, <laughs> but I do think that we watched them probably together when time allowed. My dad uh, would do some of the stuff that Ernest does, sort of like adopt those things, yeah. to, like make me laugh and stuff. Oh, um, yeah. So I, I imagine we all watched them as a family, but we like one or two Christmases ago tried to watch Ernest Saves Christmas, and it sadly just doesn't have the same the same magic. Ugh. But I I, yeah, it was pretty big when I was a. For me, it was pretty big when I was a kid. I wonder what the highest rated on Rotten Tomatoes is of all of them. Gosh, I don't know. I feel like they're uh... they they show that they'll or for a particular actor they'll be like highest rated, lowest rated. His will probably yeah. be Toy Story. Yeah, although sometimes they do like the collections. Like you can see like uh, like I don't know if he'd be. I don't know if he would qualify for it, or if like someone at, down at Rotten Tomatoes would think to do it. But like mm-hmm. sometimes they will have like uh, they'll say like oh of all the like. Marvel Cinematic Universe movies or whatever, and they'll group them all together. So, like, they could potentially group all Ernest movies in one thing and be like, what's the best Ernest movie? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure for Jim Varney, it probably is just... So uh, the highest thing is probably Toy Story yeah, 4 or none something. Of, I'm looking... Ernest Saves Christmas. Oh, Ernest Goes to Camp is 62. 
which is the highest. That's actually honestly, that's pretty fresh. high. Yeah, that's fresh. That's and the rest of them are Ernest Saves Christmas is thirty six. Oh. Ernest goes to jail thirteen. Scared Stupid is seventeen. In Scared Stupid, there are <laughs> monsters that grow from this evil tree, uh, and they start like turning people into f- into weird fruit. Do you remember that? What the plot of that was? I, I don't. I, all I remember <laughs> is that the way that they realize the monster's weakness is uh, milk. So they, um, it, it, Ernest and all the neighborhood kids start filling super soakers with milk, and that's the big climax of the movie. Is they uh, have a big fight sequence in the woods with these monsters and spray them with milk and melt them. So it's like signs. It's like signs, yeah. But with they, milk, they find out the water. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Ernest goes to Splash Mountain. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah, apparently it was like a promo thing for Splash Mountain. Oh, that's cool. That's um, fun. Um, so I think this is funny. So Jim Varney has the distinction of both having his highest rated film of all time is a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and his lowest rated is a 0%. Yeah. He had the full spectrum of movies. <laughs> the full gamut. Uh, uh, Toy Story 1 and 2 are both apparently 100%. Mm-hmm. As they should be. And Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain <laughs> 1998 is 0%. Yeah. Um, Imagine how bad a movie would have to be to be zero. He was also in Atlantis, The Lost Empire. The cartoon version? Yeah, I like oh, that I movie. I like that movie too. It's only 49%. People are wrong. And he's a, he's in a pretty good episode of The Simpsons too. Um, he's He plays a carny. Jim Varney plays a carny. Well, <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. Um, So you watch these movies as a kid, but they don't hold up now. Is there a particular reason? Like, are the jokes bad or like you just like... The jokes Culture's are bad. Me. They're very broad. Um, I mean, it's it's for kids, so I, I suppose maybe that's <laughs> why. Um, I always find that very disappointing because there is, there's even a, an element of when I go home. Sometimes, like, what's like, what's an example? There are movies that I will try to watch with my parents that we all liked like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah try to watch them again and I really just don't um there's certain like Mel Brooks movies that I used to like mm. a lot nothing against Mel Brooks movies but now I just like something about them feels dated yeah there's slower a, there's a thing about like older mo- older comedies I think comedies are specific to this where like especially like a Mel Brooks comedy will come out and it'll be people will go nuts for it mm-hmm. but then everyone for the next 30 years is aping their jokes for their own thing so then you're like, oh, this is like I've heard this joke before or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, you only heard it because everyone was like trying to copycat Mel Brooks. <laughs> sure. Uh, so like the jokes don't seem as like original as if you had seen it like when it first came out or before you like really knew much about comedy. Um, so yeah, everyone like steals everyone else's ideas. Like the first time a movie ever had like a fart joke in it, it was probably the funniest moment in all of yeah. <laughs> cinema. And now farts are still funny, but uh, less funny than they used to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the same thing. Like when people overquote a movie, like like an Anchorman or a Napoleon Dynamite or whatever. Like those are very funny movies, but I they're like basically unwatchable now because everyone just like or Borat or something because people just like quote them so much that you're right. like, oh, nothing in like because most of comedy is surprise, and if you know all the lines by heart, nothing's going to surprise yeah. you anymore. <laughs> there is an episode of uh, Documentary Now where they do... Have you seen the... the do, it's the one... Have you guys watched that show? I know what show it is. There's one where they do um, Company, a, a parody of like the making of the 
a cast recording for the the Broadway show company. Um, and all of my friends love it so much. And I, we, I've tried watching it four different times with them. Mm-hmm. And every time we watch it, they're like quoting everything while mm-hmm. it's happening. And I find it unwatchable. And it's very sad because Ugh. I know that it's very funny, but I've <laughs> everything's been spoiled every single time. <sighs> Uh, I've only seen Spinal Tap once in my life and I didn't like it and I feel like um, I owe it a second watch because it's the kind of movie I should like. Sure. <laughs> and people do love it and I'm like, yeah. mm. I mm. <laughs> have not seen that movie although I do know the 11 joke. So this goes, this proves the point. Everyone that, like, knows the 11 joke. Yeah, like yeah. I know about it from watching I Love the 80s on mm. VH1. Yeah, and I feel like I've heard people say that turn up to 11 thing like a million times. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. I feel like what's the other movie? It's um, Spaceballs. Like people, that's also Mel Brooks, right? People, it but is. people, uh, the stuff from that, I feel like I've heard a million times now. <laughs> yeah, it's also just so campy and so like not sincere. Uh, <laughs> that's a weird thing. Like, there's something about it that's just a little too goofy. Yeah, for me to, yeah, I don't, I don't like it as much as um, when I was growing up. I was way more into like, uh, like The Mask and. Um, like, like Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey movies yeah. versus like Spaceballs uh, as in terms yeah. of like favorite comedy movies. Yeah. I never have seen Spaceballs, but I do like The Mask. The Mask was definitely Mask like is one of my favorites. Awesome. I'm a huge Jim Carrey uh, stan. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> he's good. He's um, under I think for as famous as he is, I feel like he's underrated because whenever you talk to Oh, apparently I'm in a room with people who like Jim Carrey, but I feel like uh, I often talk about like his movies and people will be like, "Oh, yeah." And I'm like, "He's great. He's done so many good movies." So many of them. Who says so that? Who says they don't like them? They're wrong. I run it. I run into this a lot because I think because I get labeled as somebody who really likes Jim Carrey. And I'm like, I just like he's just there's like five movies. Say like five movies he's made that I like think are so so good. Like Liar Liar is a movie that I don't think people remember very well, mm-hmm. <laughs> but is really pretty funny. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I've rewatched it as an adult and still it's still pretty good. <laughs> and it's a kids movie kind of even though there's some foul language in it. <laughs> there's some adult content <laughs> this segs way segs way segways segways um into it's the plural next, of segway <laughs> it's like called de sac the plural of called de sac is calls de sac i learned that from gilmore girls moving on <laughs> what are some movies from your childhood that you do think hold up or maybe you haven't revisited but you would think that they would mm-hmm. um stuff that holds up generally speaking like the qualities it has i think are usually um things that aren't particularly patronizing Mm -hmm. things that things that try to play to a certain level of intelligence even if it is for kids and i i love when movies can sort of ride that line i guess this was like a little bit later in my childhood but like shrek yeah is obviously one of the one of the best kids movies i think and i I would rewatch that so often um i really it's not a movie but in terms of like tv shows i think rocco's modern life uh is one of my favorite shows Mm -hmm. because so much of the humor and so much of the content is literally about like adult life and like you know he's a guy like there's one episode that's about credit card debt (laughs) (laughs) and it's obviously very like slapsticky and goofy but the the content has a very sort of like real gravity to it Mm -hmm. If I could watch a movie or a TV show and my dad would also laugh at it, I would always be like, oh, this is like extra funny. Mm-hmm. And I can I can go back. I, I think I have a DVD set of like Rocco somewhere. And if I watch it now, I would still very much enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a good show. I like the reboot too. Uh, I've not seen that yet, but oh, I do want to. So good. 
Toy Story. Well, Toy, Story <laughs> Toy Story for sure. Kids we movie. can't count Toy Story. Toy Story. I want to sure. just rope in our good friend Jim in a because <laughs> uh, Toy Story. Toy Story. I think that was like the beginning. I mean, it's the first Pixar movie, mm-hmm. and that's Pixar's whole thing. Like they're and, meant for kids, but they're also meant for adults. Right, but yeah. I think it pushed everyone else to try to make stuff like that, or it actually pushed it in both directions. Like there were a lot more smarter kids movies coming out then. And there were also a lot of like super, super dumb ones. Cause I think they just had a diverge in the two directions. Um, Cause I, I do like pre Pixar animated movies. I mean, there's like beauty and the beast and the lion King and stuff, but I think Pixar really like yeah. shot it to this new level. Yeah. Lion King is also super amazing. Um, I think it's the, it's the first animated film to win best picture or something like that. I could be wrong, uh, but it's beauty I, and the beast was the first nominated for it i don't know if either of them won though yeah if it didn't it should have it's great um did you guys ever read this book called imagination inc um it's this guy who i believe got me too so sorry (laughs) (laughs) take up the great assault but he was like a huge executive at um at pixar when it was starting out and they talk a lot about the whole process of them sort of like finding their formula for like storytelling because it kind of started out as a computer graphics type yeah. of company but they started to hit this really good pattern of like telling really compelling uh stories with characters that like wanted things and had heart yeah and that's sort of like they, they hit this perfect tone with with toy story and they just like kept doing that that's the, the perfect film yeah they used to do like good. commercials or something before that yeah they were bought by films. apple too. or like or, Steve uh, Jobs had a bunch of investment in it. I don't yeah, know, yeah. I don't know if it was direct uh, Apple owned, but he, yeah, Steve Jobs was a big part of it early on. A movie from my childhood, I feel like I want to revisit, but don't want to because I want it to stay in my memory. Mm-hmm. But I got Angels in the Outfield out of Blockbuster so <laughs> many times, like it has to be insane, right? Um, but I bet that holds up. You I think, think that's, so? I don't know. I haven't. I don't even really remember Angels. I I remember Angels in the Outfield, yeah. but it's been so long since I saw it. So I, I I mean Christopher Lloyd's in it, so it's good, right? For sure. Yeah. So that like is definitely one that I hope holds up. I've not revisited that. Yeah. Though. I'm trying to think of my other blockbuster trips. I Back to the Future is always good. Mm-hmm. Um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Like maybe that's a little more adult, but I did watch it when I was a kid. I mean, I that's like a good example. Yeah, that one's aimed like right in the middle. Like, sure. it's sort of that one of those. That's one of those ones. I don't know if Toy Story is the same thing. I I have heard that like kids and adults react to Toy Story in completely separate ways. Mm-hmm. Like kids act, kids are always happy for the toys, and adults are always sad for them. <laughs> like it's a weird thing where like you it's who you identify with. Or well, when I was a kid, I used to think Bart Simpson was the main character of The Simpsons, and as I've gotten older, I realize Homer is the main character, and it's that's sort funny. of like who you're um eyeing who you identify with um yeah but i think who frame roger rabbit has to be one where like kids are got to be looking right at roger and um adults are more concerned with uh what's his face yeah <laughs> the the human the guy who played um mario super mario yeah. <laughs> that movie whose name never uh, held up even when it was out uh Hosk- bob hoskins that's that actor's name that's him and John Leguizamo. They shot that movie in North Carolina. Uh, sorry, Super Mario Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, that's one that's like a, a fun Hollywood horror story that's, of just how it went through so much. No one liked it. No one liked it. I saw it for my birthday when it came out, like in, I was what, like second grade or something like that. Uh, and it, we, my parents just like bought 
whatever, eight tickets, 10 tickets mm-hmm. we, with a bunch of my friends. And we all went and saw that. And it was like <laughs> one of the worst movies. <laughs> <laughs> like then you didn't like it? Um, I don't remember how I, I think I liked it just fine. When I, I was a kid, I, I think I was, I gave it a pass. I was like, this is fun. Yeah. You don't, you just like, don't think very much. I probably was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, cause it has nothing to do with the, uh, the, the thing at all. <laughs> Another birthday I went to was, um, I, I saw Good Burger, the Keenan and Kel, uh, yeah. <laughs> all that based movie. <laughs> Um, wow. <laughs> I hope that Keenan Nikel the TV show holds up. Such a good show. I, I, did you guys ever watch the show? I did, yes. Very yeah, much so. Sure. Okay. I bet I bet that holds up in this I bet that holds up. I think it does. When I when I go back, I remember when I was going through the the sketch program at, at UCB, I would always we were covering like character sketches and I always look back to uh, all that as being one of the most like just the perfect example of like what character sketches are and should be they're not good good or great or they're like they're very broad but it's also just like a super simple dumb idea here's a context here's a place this character has um you know uh giant magical pants that he can pull anything okay so i was just gonna mention do you remember bag and sag and barry character i love that character i somewhat recently wrote a sketch that got put on stage uh that i realized (laughs) After I was like largely through it, I was like, this is kind of like Bag and Sag and Barry. <laughs> it was like, it wasn't the same conceit of like had everything, but it yeah. was like someone who was overly prepared and you wouldn't have expected them to be. And I was, yeah, I kind of was like, hey. This and they is just a sort of magically like have everything available. Yeah. I mean, I didn't use the uh, magic of film uh, like sure. the show did to like make him. Ha- I believe in one episode he had an, uh, an entire airplane in his pants. <laughs> the, the joke would always be that he would pull some uh, incredibly large object out of yeah. his out of his trousers, like Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so the, I'm not. I'm ripping off Mary Poppins, not uh, Megan Sagenberry. <laughs> right, and they ripped off Mary Poppins, honestly. Um, but and I, Hermione Granger, because oh, I can't split it because Matt's reading them right now. I'm but reading them. She has a bag that she stores lots of stuff in. Are also, you just starting that? And magicians and ge- yes. wizards in general. That, that's all. That's all bullshit. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm on the second book now. Wow, that's exciting. Are you enjoying? I am enjoying. Yeah. It's fun. Um, They're good. I haven't read them in a long time. Some people can reread them and over, over and over. And I, I don't really. I'm not one of those people. But I'm sure it would be a good thing to to I, do. I'm pretending to be a child right now. <laughs> Um, we are running out of time a little bit. Um, but, uh, did you have any earnest things you needed to get out before we finished (laughs) up? uh... I think I got it off my chest. I appreciate you guys listening. Um, Nobody, nobody ever wants to talk about earnest. We we just talked about it. (laughs) I appreciate it. I will say I'm very familiar with earnest in a way where like, I, I do, I kind of think about him a lot and uh, I have a couple of friends that I joke about like Jim Varney and like Slinky Dog and his voice. Like mm-hmm. we'll do, we'll just like do jokes in his voice. Yeah. Uh, and that part is very current to my life. Mm-hmm. But like remembering the actual movies or the TV show, I'm like, all I really remember is Hey Vern, like when he would just talk to the camera yeah. and his gravelly voice. And that's like, those are the two things I've recalled. <laughs> I've held on to. <laughs> For sure. They're iconic. Um. But yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for bringing the topic in. Thanks, guys. Um, does anyone have anything they wanted to plug? Um, Are we all good? No. Uh, when did I say this? Oh, wait. Out? I do. I have something to plug. Oh, wow. Um, so on... I have to look up the exact date. Um, on 
November. This comes out on the 21st, right? Yeah. So today's November 21st. On November 24th mm. at 9 p.m., I will be in a sketch show at the Magnet. Exciting. It's called The Ringers. The Magnet Theater. Uh, at the Magnet Theater. At the Magnet Theater on 29th. <laughs> no nicknames here. Um, and um, it'll be my first time sketch acting, and you should come and see me. I'll be in two sketches. Congrats. That's awesome. Thanks. There we go. Fun. And I'll kind of try to be there in the audience as long as i'm not locked out because there's too many too many people if it's sold out i won't be there i'll get there i very rarely have things to plug that was fun what day yeah. of the week is it it's a sunday awesome that's great sunday i think my dad might be there you can go with me my dad yay wow. he's gonna be the tall one <laughs> how tall is your dad he's six three. Oh, that's tall, oh, that's tall yeah he is tall <laughs> Um, and you know, I'll throw it out there that, uh, November 8th or December 8th, uh, at six o'clock is my sketch team souvenirs monthly show. It's our last one of the year. And where's that at? At the Magnet Theater. Yeah. You didn't say that. Is it like a best of type of thing? This is not our best of is in January. Gotcha. So all new. This is is our last new, last new show of the season actually, but last show of the year. And then best ofs in sometime in January. I have to find out what date that is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. Great. We're good. I'm good. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and rate us and um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at TBD Podcast, all spelled out. <laughs> and uh, that's it. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. bye. Oh, this has been TBD with Matt and Emily. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>